What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with Toys for Tots, and that program where they get uh, boys to start wearing more gender-neutral clothing for their upper body, boys for crop tops. Let's get big facted. Let's get no capping. Big Facts No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. I just learned from the person I'm dating one of the funniest things ever, which is that she, in middle school, was part of a statewide in Texas uh, competitive sport or comp- competitive game of improvers between school and school where they had judges and each school would send a team and they would all have uh you know names for their teams and they would compete in an yeah, improv her competition team i don't know her team name but i want to say the name of the program was destination imagination that was like the name of the competition mm. so wait uh, in what context does this get brought up just you know what you've never told a story adrian i don't know something triggers your memory and you tell it to the other person all right i was just asking if you guys were like in an improv show or if like you you said yes and and she was like oh i actually know a little bit thing about that (laughs) i know a little bit about the phrase yes and yeah actually i think we were talking about embarrassing things we were into in the past whereas i didn't have any but i was giving her a hard time because she brought yeah, she brought up casually that she'd gone to Wizard Rock shows as a kid, and I'd made her explain to me what that was. Oh, uh, you did tell me about that. Yeah, Wizard Rock is a movement of rock bands that are like all named after Harry Potter in universe jokes. So it's like uh, Draco and the Malfoys, or the Death Eaters, Harry <sighs> and the Potters. Man. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, and they would like lie, tour from that. library to library. Um, yeah, like I said before, when you told me that, not nearly as cool as uh, pirate metal. Isn't pirate metal just gold and silver spilling out of a chest? I know you can't see me right now. But that's pretty good. <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get into uh, the topic, I am good. The topic today is toys. Do you want to set any parameters? Are we doing like uh, video games aren't toys for this or? Uh... No, I think I think video games are toys. And I have to say, I think what what is it? Uh, denotation versus connotation. To me, when I hear the word toys, like I know that it's like a word that encompasses a lot of a, basically everything I played with as a kid. But there is a the first image that comes into my head is for corny toys that I never played with. You know what I mean? Like toys to me are like. A paddle with a ball stuck on a string. You know, it's all like 1920s bullshit. Yeah, a wooden train. A cube with like four letters on it for some reason uh, etched out. Mm -hmm. Six, I guess, one on each side. Maybe there's numbers on the other two side. Uh, Whereas like I think of my cool ass action figures of wrestlers from when I was a kid. I don't know. That's not what comes to mind when I think of toys isn't actually what I played with. And what did you play with? I guess for you, a soccer ball, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> um although i don't know if i would consider that a toy i guess it is 
I would consider it more of like equipment. <laughs> um, we're building so many barriers around this. Uh, no, I think I think you're right in that. Like, I also kind of get that sense of like Christmas movie, a guy who owns a shop who is Santa, but you don't know is Santa and just makes toys all day. And it's like wooden trains and like a, a fucking like nutcracker, or like a little soldier that just walks or whatever, um, which I do find to be a charming aesthetic. I'm not going to lie. If I could just like retire in a in a small german village and uh spend six months out of the year making one slightly intricate wooden toy and that's my job <laughs> and i sell it at christmas time for twenty dollars <laughs> uh that's a vibe that i'm going for yeah yeah it's the uh it's like the fao schwartz versus toys r us dynamic where like fao schwartz style toys is what you think of but like what you actually played with and what you want it is way more fun as the toys r us toys I don't really, I think it's a lot of imagination because it, it does seem like a lot of toys where it's like, here's the property that we're, you know, that we made literally just to sell toys. And here's the little plastic thing. And it's a truck that you can like swing the front of it because it's like a bulldozer truck up and down. And that's, that's it. That's the toy. <laughs> and then kids will just take that and run with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that always baffled me. I don't think I was that creative as a kid. <laughs> You're yeah, like, you want me to believe this is a what? I was like, you, you, you take the car and you move it backwards and that charges it to go forwards and that's all it does. I, I mean, that's cool for like two minutes. Who was it that was telling me, was it you? Somebody was, uh, oh wait, it was Justin explaining to us that a part of like early childhood autism detection is if a child plays with toys in the incorrect way, like stock it, stacking a car like blocks, like if he takes his toys cars and stacks them like blocks. That can be an early sign of autism. Yeah, interesting. And you don't make eye contact, Adrian. Probably nothing to look into there. Well, I didn't. I said I would use them correctly. I just didn't really find the long-lasting enjoyment in it. Got you. Did you have a favorite toy? Um, I mean, like you said, if we're if we're including video games, then it's definitely a video game. Mm. Um, yeah. At any point, like my sixty-four or something. I always really liked toy swords as a kid. I liked slashing the air. Oh, uh, toy yeah, weapons that, that I could slash in the air with, yeah. Yeah. Well, I would usually slash them at a friend. I'd usually, like, you know, go to my neighbor's house and we'd each have one from, like, medieval times or something. And we'd do a little spar, a little duel. What me and my friends started doing was, uh, one of our dads had PVC pipe, and we would take pool noodles and cut them to the mm. size of the PVC pipe, and then we'd use those as smacking sticks. Oh, you put the pool noodle around the PVC pipe, so it's like a cushion. And then you have, like, mm-hmm. these massive, giant, like, great swords that are, like, six feet long, just swinging them at That's each other. Dope. Yeah. Uh, we had two types of trees in my yard that we would, like, snap the branches off of to make, like, kind of, like, long sticks to use for it. Although one of them was more of, like, a fibrous thing, and it was one of those things where I had to learn the lesson multiple times because I was kind of a dumb kid that you could take off the outer layers of it and have what seemed like a pretty smooth, like, thing to use as, like, a, a little blunt force weapon uh but because it was such a fibrous plant you would always end up with like a bunch of cuts on your hand and i think i literally had to like a couple of times do that and be like ah i guess i should start using the other sticks (laughs) okay worst toys what was the toy that you were excited for because of a commercial or something or just like a general error of importance to the toy that when you got it it didn't live up to the hype or when you played with it uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with gut feeling here. I remember one time at summer camp, I uh, met a kid who had, uh, so there was like a big lake. I think, I, I assume all um, summer camps are like civilization where they like form around bodies of water. <laughs> um, 
And so there was a big lake in the middle of camp, uh, kind of the centerpiece. And so people could fish if you like brought fishing equipment with you. And I remember meeting a kid one day who had a fishing rod where it was like you kind of pumped it and then it would like shoot out the fishing rod instead of you having to do like the whole casting motion. Mm. And I remember seeing that on TV a whole bunch like the summer before and being like, oh, that shit's going to be dope. And it, it didn't go that far. You can definitely get it much further <laughs> if you actually have like a, an actual fishing rod. Uh, so I remember him showing me that and being really disappointed. You know what? I'm going to. Yeah, I think uh, what you said reminded me of one of the more disappointing toys that I got that I was excited for. And I think it is projectiles that are disappointing because I got a Nerf gun sniper and it didn't shoot any further than the regular Nerf guns. And I was like, it's kind of cool. It looks oh, like it's a about sniper. Accuracy, baby, a little sniper. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It looks like a sniper. And I did still continue to enjoy that aspect of it. But I was disappointed that I couldn't actually like, you know, take a snipe shot at somebody from where they couldn't see me far away. You know, I think it might actually be like a little bit too young for me to remember clearly, but I do remember when I lived at my old house, that water guns were a huge thing during the summer, like super soakers and stuff like that. That was a huge thing that we would do on like yeah. a hot day. Uh, and I want to say that this, a cool thing about water guns is that the more expensive ones were not any better than the cheaper ones. They just had way more plastic on them. <laughs> the cheap ones were like usually just as good at uh, spraying water far. Now, the ones that we had were super expensive, but just because they were made to look like real guns with just the orange tip, so you know that it's a fake one. <laughs> Wait, is that true? You you liked uh, water guns that look like real guns? No, I don't think they actually make those. <laughs> I think they do that for, like, airsoft guns, but I don't think they do that for water guns. Mm. I think they do that for, like, airsoft and paintball guns. I had a few airsoft guns growing up. Um, Yeah, there was, like, a little phase where we got into those. Yeah, sixth grade. Sixth grade was a high point for airsoft in my life. Yeah, I never, like, really played airsoft matches. I just, like, we'd buy the guns and kind of shoot them at each other in the neighborhood, and we never really, like, formed. The the actual matches were never that fun, because those guns were actually pretty hard to tell if they hit anybody, and you always kind of got the sense that other people were lying, and that just ruined it. We had some fun matches, just because of the people I used to play with, either at my house or at their house, they had, like, pretty good houses for it, like a good backyard, front yard, a lot of running area to, like, kind of hide and try and get people. Um... But but there is that issue that like I mean it, it was there were, there were differing sensitivities of people in terms of getting shot. Some people it really affected, then some people kind of like could shrug it off, um, and that was like an unfair advantage. Depending yeah. also on what you wore or whatever. That was one of those things where I think that might have been one of the first uh, moments of peer pressure that I ever felt was like being like, oh, you're gonna wear a jacket to wear like uh, to play like airsoft, man. Just fucking wear a t-shirt. <laughs> Uh, Let the bullets hit your face, man. I'm not gonna lie. I think there was a parent in our neighborhood that was pretty insistent about goggles, and I'm happy about that. I mean, I don't know if I would have definitely lost an eye, but I'm I'm glad I took some safety. Like I I took that to heart that I should be wearing goggles while doing it. Yeah, my neighbor. Uh, we made sure that I think I always wore glasses since like fifth grade, so I like I kind of always use that as my protective goggles. But my neighbor had like a pair of glasses on for safety, and I remember one time shooting him, and it hit him right on the cheek, right below the glasses, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> and it really hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> Being a kid is awesome. What hurting your friend? <laughs> I thought it was so funny, like how close it was to the safety goggles, and just being like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. One of the other things that definitely was one of the best gifts I got as a toy, again, this is like, you know, toy slash in the Venn diagram sports equipment, but a bow and arrow. Mm. Super, super fun being able to do that in my yard or whatever. Just like finds like a nice target. Uh, yeah, I think we actually did. I got a target for it, too. You know, I had one, too, and I always thought it was kind of disappointing. It was fun. 
And then it would be disappointing because you would, the arrows were kind of expensive. They were like three a pop. And then so I yep. only had three arrows. So it was a lot of shooting, then running to get the arrows. And I remember kind of like that made the activity boring pretty quick. I think I had more fun making bows and uh, arrows out of like sticks and tree stuff with my friends than using the pre-bomb mm. one. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I don't know why. I think it's one of those things like it's the opposite of my, um, Oh, fuck. What do you call them? Uh, Heelys. It's the opposite of my Heelys story. We're like, or skateboarding. We're like, both of those were things that like I had no aptitude for. And so I quickly lost interest in. I, I've for some reason always been like naturally pretty decent at archery. Like I remember when I took it in high school through all the days of high school archery where we like just went out and shot. I never had to go like pick up an arrow from further than the target because I could always at least hit the target. Katniss Adrian Dean, am I right, y'all? I know, right? Yeah. I don't know. There's something like kind of like quiet and meditative about archery that I kind of enjoy. I would honestly pick it up. Dora Lee has one in her yard, and it's always really fun to do it whenever I go visit her in Portland. <laughs> no cap. Yeah, I really liked my Heelys. I was a fan of the Heelys trend right around, like, what, sixth grade? Oh. Yeah. I, th- th- that's really blurring the lo- line between utilitarian and toy right there. I mean, yeah. I mean, would we have Ubers right now if everyone was sufficiently good at Heelys? Almost certainly not. It's like that meme, like, society of people <laughs> were still wearing Heelys. It's just like a sci-fi city. Ooh, transportation does get me into um, the category of toys that my friends had that I loved that I did not have. One of which was my friend Mark's little sister had a little, like, mini moped. And, dude, I I could spend hours just riding around his neighborhood riding on that mini moped. It was so fucking fun. Mm. Um and then my neighbors growing up got a go-kart one year for Christmas. And I definitely like as as often as I could, uh let the that they would let me use it, I would definitely do that. I did flip on it once, but that's just because I'm fucking rad. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I uh, yeah, uh I think a four-wheeler, a go-kart, or a golf cart. And I know those are like varying degrees of badassery, but all of them seemed so cool in my mind as a child. Four-wheeler because it can off-road and kind of do jumps. But golf mm-hmm. carts seemed cool because it felt like you could just use it like a car. And you're, as a kid, that just felt so cool to be like, I could just nip over to Walmart in my golf cart. And uh, go-karts just seemed cool because it's like I can I mean, around the neighborhood in them. In a sleepy Florida retirement neighborhood, you almost certainly could take your go-kart wherever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But obviously in Lexington, a child on a golf cart outside of a neighborhood is going to get like pulled over real quick by the police or in trouble. Hey, I think if it wasn't you or me and it was one of our white friends, maybe not. <laughs> damn that's so true brother <laughs> speak on it oh okay one last thing before we get into the articles um trading cards as as toys oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. paul is one of two people who in adulthood i have gone to target to get Yu-Gi-Oh cards with them to uh play Yu-Gi-Oh as an adult <laughs> and i kicked your ass <laughs> yeah oh dude that's one of those things where I thought I was good at it because I could beat the in my immediate friends. Uh, and then anytime I went out and played with other people, I was like, oh, I did not actually realize there was that much strategy to this. Ah, uh, Smash Bros. Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I owned Pokemon cards, never played the game ever once. I owned Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. I think that's everyone's experience, <laughs> to be honest. That's the only experience I've ever heard. <laughs> and yeah, I owned Yu-Gi-Oh! cards and I did play the game uh, mostly with my best friends, Quentin and Ryan. Uh, they would come over. Dude, Drake with their also cards. kicked my ass so much when I played against him. Yeah, yeah, we were a very insular Yu-Gi-Oh playing community. Uh, me and those two friends. So, oh, um, did you ever go to Books a Million to play it on Saturdays? I did. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
I did that once and I, I uh, saw some friends that I knew from soccer who were a little bit older than me. And so I decided to duel one of them. And I think it was during the Battle City tournament arc of Yu-Gi-Oh! So we were doing that thing where it was like, oh, put up like your favorite card and like whoever wins gets each other's whoever loses card. And so I was I was kind of stressed about it. And at one point, the dude plays a card in face down attack mode, which is not a thing. But his friend was like, no, nah, that's a thing, man. You don't play by those rules. And I was like, what? You mean the wrong rules, you fucking idiots? Um, Did they make you give them their card or what happened? I don't remember. I think I might have ended up winning anyways, but I remember being like so mad that they were just like playing by rules that they had made up. No cap. Yeah, the dual disc was was introduced at the beginning of the Battle City season. And when mm-hmm. they started making dual discs, I was so hype. I that was a toy I definitely begged my parents for and I got it and it felt just I as cool. I definitely got that one Christmas. Yeah, and it yeah. felt just as cool on my arm as I thought it would. That was that one lived up to I expectations. Mean, it wasn't as awesome that you had to manually deduct your life points. <laughs> and then, of course, having to do that while doing the noise from the show, like the beep 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 Okay, and the holograms did not pop up in front of you full-sized <laughs> while you're doing uh, But other than that, it. yeah, definitely lived up to the hype. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't know, I remember wearing that thing all over the damn place, and it just made me feel so good. Dude, can we, do you think we can bring that back as a fashion accessory? And just use it to, like, hold my credit cards and debit cards <laughs> and various <laughs> other cards. <laughs> you have the, your dual disc and you have it stabbed through a sandwich you're taking bites of. <laughs> like, it, it's convenient. It's stylish and convenient. All right. Kind of in good parallel to what we were talking about before a little bit. Uh, this is about toys specifically of the more violent variety, or at least a facsimile of uh, violent things in this world. Um, so this is from Slate's Karen Free- <laughs> Karen Freeding. Karen Feeding. Should I cave on my no-toy-guns policy? I always thought I'd hold firm on it, but my son is begging me for a water gun. By Ruman Alam. Paul, thoughts off top? Um, I mean... It's a, it's a debate that's been raging. Um, I had toy guns as a kid, and I turned out an absolute freak, so maybe they have a point. I don't know. I'm joking. Obviously, toy guns are not at all related to any sort of real-world violence. That's absurd. If 80s movies and 90s movies have taught me anything, what you really don't want to give your kid is a magnifying glass that they can use to burn ants alive by directing sunlight towards them. That's what really proves that you're a psycho. Mm, true, true. That being said, I kind of always wanted to try that whenever I saw that on TV. <laughs> I was kind of like, that's what like you a never did. I was hands. I a sociopath? I definitely did that. <laughs> Ooh boy. Yikes. Uh, Paul, you can unpack that later on if you need to, but <laughs> let's get into the actual question. Dear Karen Feeding, we are the parents of a six year old boy. As a family, we are very anti gun and frankly, anti weapons of any kind. Since our son was little, our philosophy has been to avoid any toy weapons. However, our son always sees kids at the park with water guns, and it's become a bit of an obsession for him. If someone offers to let him play with a water gun, I let him. But now he's been begging for a water gun. The problem is all the water guns I find are very gun-like. I found myself wondering if we need to let go of our no-toy-weapons policy. How do I let him be a kid, but also balance our desire to avoid fighting and violence-oriented toys? From Don't Shoot. 
I'll say 100% she's wrong. I've definitely seen those water guns that are just look like pumps. They kind of look like pool noodles, and there's just kind of a pump in the back. That looks nothing like a gun. I've said this before, but this has strong Mark's mom energy of like, I wouldn't even know what we'd look like if I saw it. <laughs> like, how do you look at those water guns and be like, those are very gun-like. I would, if someone tried to rob me with that, I would be like, okay, whatever you say, not worth losing my life over. <laughs> Everyone at the park's coming up to his mom now is just like, hey, nice purse, run it. <laughs> I'm bumping their water gun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I get your point. They're all colorful and stupid. Even the ones that, like, have a trigger and a barrel are still very silly and not gun-like looking. But I think the point she's yeah. making is that they have a barrel and a trigger, but there's some that don't even have that, that are just, like, cylinders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my problem Wait, wait, is so you're saying the solution is to give the kid the most rudimentary version of a water gun so he gets his ass kicked in every fight? No, those water guns are actually pretty good. I, I made the point at the opening of this show that actually, like, some the cheaper water guns are often just as good as the more expensive ones, and the ones that are- No, no, no. Get him a water gun with a sight on it and a bayonet and whatever else he needs to kick ass at the park. That's definitely, do you remember every year there was a water gun with a new gimmick? I remember the year a water gun with a shield came out, like you could flip out the shield of a water gun. Banging. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my problem is I don't agree with the uh, idea that it's bad to let your kids play with a water gun. Well, how do you feel about just no, no toy weapons in general? No swords, no... Uh crossbows no slingshots no words because words can be weapons i've been to a spoken poetry thing once I, hey i've uh, no writing at all uh, pens are often mightier than swords um, yeah uh yeah no uh i mean when her son's ambushed by 50 uh ninjutsu experts and can't defend himself that's gonna be on her that she never taught him the way mm. of the blade that's going to be on her conscience, not mine. Is there anything like, are there like gummies or snacks or anything or anything that's like shaped like a gun? Or is it just like toy weapons? I feel like that did exist back in the day, but that's all pretty much been purged from our culture. There's no more like gun based things that don't have to be. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm totally mad at that, to be honest, but uh, maybe that's my own uh, anti-gun bias. I'm not mad at it either, man. I Could you imagine what sort of culture war weirdo you'd have to be to care about that? I will say, though, they crossed the line when they took our candy cigarettes. Wait, did they take those? Those aren't a thing anymore? When was the last time you saw them? I think they're only available at, like, novelty shops, like old-school vintage novelty shops. Although, of all the things to, like, homebrew yourself, I feel like it's probably pretty easy to make a sugar stick in, like, a cylinder. <laughs> if you really wanted them. You know, that's all I'm saying is that, like, you can ban them all you want, but people are gonna make them <laughs> if they want them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> They'll find yeah. a way. Are you kidding me? What are kids having to resort to now? Taking Smarties out of a packet and crushing them until they look like cocaine? What sort of <laughs> world are we making for our kids? Oh my god. Everyone's just 3D printing cigarettes. <laughs> Cigarette molds for sugar. Me taking a plot of like the sales of candy cigarettes and plotting it against uh, fentanyl deaths and showing the negative correlation. Be like, see? <laughs> see? We need to go back to candy cigarettes. They're substituting one thing for the other, and I think we know which one's more dangerous. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, no, but back to this no toy weapons thing. 
I remember one time as a child, my next door neighbor, he wasn't allowed to play violent video games, right? So he wasn't allowed to play violent video games, which was always upsetting because we always wanted to play Halo. But his parents made an exception for the World of Warfare games because they were historical. <laughs> so he was allowed to play the World of Warfare game that was set in World War II. So we would always play that one. And it upset me. Wait, to the one where you like, is that one where you, is that one of those where you get to like play as the Nazis or what, <laughs> what is that one about? Um, I don't know if you, exp- I, I don't think like you wear a swastika on your arm, but yes, one side is like Germany. Cool. But yeah, because that was historical. He was allowed to play it, but he wasn't allowed to play Halo. And I just remember trying to convince him that he should argue with his mom that World War II already happened, but Halo could prepare him for a potential future war. And I thought that was so funny as a kid. I was like, that is clever as hell, Paul. That is really funny, man. She's looking <laughs> in the past, man. He's got to be looking in the future. future. <laughs> I also feel like you kind of do a Samurai Jack argument, right? Like, the reason Samurai Jack was able to run on Cartoon Network is because instead of killing people, he killed robots. So instead of blood, there was oil splattering. Mm-hmm. And that's like part of the way they got through censorship. Like in Halo, you're, you're killing like organic beings, right? But they're like aliens, right? Or you're killing yeah. like other people. Well, I guess like in the multiplayer, you were killing a mixture of other. Of other. They're um, not going to look into it that much. Oh my God, I'm blanking on their names. Of other Spartans and other aliens. And Spartans are humans in costumes. Mm. Uh, or in armor, in Spartan armor. You would have been killing humans in Halo 2. But yes, it did feel ridiculous to draw that line that somehow historical was somehow less shady than futuristic. You know, I will say this, though, and I I, I think it's one of those things that a, a child can often poke holes in the logic, but there's a lot of times where parents will just kind of draw arbitrary rules once they make a stance. And because yeah. they don't want to put that much effort into it, there, it there's always going to be holes in those, like, I, you know, in those ideas. Okay, okay. Defend my defend my weird Christian neighbors bad rule making, Adrian. Say, no, no, no. I'm I guess just... you also think that the world's six thousand years old like that family did. Interesting that you're taking their side. I think probably more like three thousand. <laughs> I did the math myself. I checked it. I wasn't a sheep. It's like two hundred years old. Tops. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what happened, like before I was here, so I, 26 at most is all I know. <laughs> Going back to the Venn diagram of we're allowing video games into this, how do you feel about first-person shooters? I mean, that's like, the two w- regardless, games I just talked about. Right, but regardless of the context of, like, you know, whether or not they make people harmful or whatever, it's like, I have never been able to get into them. I just do not like them. Yeah, but you're a little soy boy bitch. Um, I loved them growing up. I loved Halo and Call of Duty. Damn. But then we both ended up being soy boy bitches. Yeah, I know. I really uh, transitioned at some point. Probably all that soy. Mm, Probably. I mean, I would throw shells at people in Mario Kart, which I think is like equally violent. As pulling out my Barrett 50 cal and no scoping somebody. Adrian, come on, man. Man, we're having a real gamer moment right now. I didn't (laughs) understand any of that. (laughs) Wait, you know what no scoping is. You're not that out of touch with the gamer community. Is that when you don't use mouthwash? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, I know. You guys are not very hygienic. That's the one thing I know about first-person shooter fans. Hey, I know you. You were always camping at the top of Rust, just uh, sitting right up there, trying to get your nuke. All right, cool. Any other actual like advice or any other thing you want to talk about? You want to talk about violence in the fighting games that aren't like physical with weapons or like physical games without weapons or water guns versus... 
airsoft guns or paintball or any of those things. Is this a slippery slope? Yeah, because I thought it was crazy when she said that he could play Street Fighter because that was historical, but he couldn't play Marvel versus Capcom because that was futuristic. Mm. I thought it was insane that she allowed him to play Monopoly, which honestly, <laughs> what's more violent than the violence of the capitalist state? But she won't let him play with a water gun. <laughs> Good point. True fact stated. Big fact. We're, we're getting there early. Hey, big, this episode. Fa- <laughs> big fact early. <laughs> All right. I think I'm ready for the answer if you are. Um, I don't know. One last rabbit hole. Do you think this is like a uh, a multi-domain thing where like she probably doesn't also let him watch more war movies or like, um... Oh, yeah. Almost know, certainly like she's pretty uh, invested in controlling this kid's media intake, right? If you control what toys they have, you control the media. Is that a, like a famous quote from like one of the guys who broke Watergate? <laughs> 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 Leonard and Bernstein? No, wait. Those are like playwrights, right? Oh... <laughs> uh... Um, no, I was going to say something right before you said that, though. You had a good, good, good point that I was going to latch on to. Um, oh, no, yeah, I was going to say, like, isn't that so I, I don't know um, what the fully like international perspective is on this kind of stuff, but like, especially for movies, and I assume maybe for toys, but like the idea that the MPAA rates violence way harsher than it does sexual content, right? Or way easier than it does sexual content isn't that like one of the big things that people always talk about yeah 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 it rates uh violence way easier like you can get through a movie where somebody loses all their limbs but if you show like a girl's ass it's like all of a sudden that has to be like rated r but it can be pg-13 like you know with all sorts of like gruesome murders and death but they say a single fuck you get one if you're pg-13 i think as long as it's a non-sexual fuck and as long as it's in an episode of a full season of bojack horseman Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think BoJack Horseman has to worry about those rules. It's a streaming show. You can do anything you want on the damn old internet. The whole fucking circle jerk about it was that, like, it was self-imposed because they didn't want to rely on that. (sighs) Fuck BoJack fans. Go to hell. (laughs) It's like, how can I even root for this horse anymore after what he's done? (laughs) You know, it's, it's funny, but it's deep, too, man. That's what I love about that show. Uh, okay, you want to get into the answer? Mm-hmm. All right, I've taken us around the around the world at least once, so let's just, just get to it. Deer don't shoot. I hate guns. And I think it's a symptom of a broken society that we have turned them into toys. You don't see candy cigarettes anymore. <laughs> I swear to God, I did not read this answer before. <laughs> Adrian, did you read this answer there. before? God damn it. I barely read the question. <laughs> I suppose we're at peace with teaching kids that violence is a part of our character. Parenthood, and life generally, I guess, means constantly trying to figure out what you truly believe and how to live accordingly. This is one of those moments. You're right that toy water guns look quite a bit like actual guns. Indeed, when the police kill brown children holding such guns, they're quick to point that out. That's why I cannot bear to buy a toy gun for my household. But every family is different. I don't think playing with a water gun will warp your son or really have any effect beyond helping him stay cool this summer. You could buy him a water gun and tell him that it's the only one he'll ever get, so enjoy it. Also, there's an animal-shaped toy that sprays water. I get that they're a pale substitute. Kids want to cool off, but they also want to fit in. I've bought those for my own children, my own way of splitting the difference, letting them play in a way I feel I can sanction. Parenthood, and life generally, I guess, constant- (laughs) There's a refrain in this answer. (laughs) It's just like a poem. 
Parenthood, and life generally, I guess, means constantly trying to figure out what you believe and how to live accordingly. This is one of those moments. Polypole. I like that they just completely disagreed with you about water guns not looking like guns. She was like, they look too much like guns. It's killing our children. So how do you feel about how your statement was insensitive to the black and brown community, Adrian? Do you want to go ahead and apologize now or wait for the blowback and apologize at the start of next episode? I don't know when blowback season three is coming out, but I'm going to say, you know, you'll get shot for, you know, it came on my Spotify today. Mick Jenkins song about how uh, what you can do to get killed by the police as a black person. And he just lists off all the most mundane things. And you can be holding a cell phone. They'll think it's a gun. So, you know, might as well be holding a water gun and getting a fun little summer activity. Yeah, I think you're right. This person blaming that on the water gun seems to be an incorrect attribution that probably is like what the police are pushing to give themselves any excuse for the kind of incoherent and ridiculous violence they're subjecting people to. So I don't know, to like even bring up those excuses is like, you're just kind of believing a stupid narrative that they're using to try to justify something evil they did. Like there's no reason to leave that information in your head that they said, oh, he was holding a water gun. Clearly, no water gun looks like a real gun. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain uh, strategy to saying something like that and then being like, but every family is different. (laughs) You do you, I guess. (laughs) If you're a terrible person. (laughs) If you're a terrible person and, uh... Yeah, it's kind of buying the narrative that in some way it is what made that shooting happen, but it's clearly not. So you shouldn't even be like when the conversation about water guns comes up, bring that up, or you're accepting that clearly false narrative. Adrian, you think I'm going to get laid off of virtue signaling? I think you already have. Thanks, bro. I don't know what that means. Hey, Paul, look behind you. Oh my god, if you was your dick out, we're about to have sex. God, shout out to the person who I did that joke to, and they were like, I, I legitimately don't enjoy that joke. I was very scared. <laughs> Emilia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so, Adrian, for my article, I'm bringing in Slate again. I'm sorry, they have too many advice columns. <laughs> yeah, too many goddamn advice columns. You know what? I apologize to you and the audience, but it was it was just the one I found. I will say that I did send Paul mine in advance, so he knew what I was bringing in, but... I will say Adrian did just recently buy a brand new Ouija board, so I think he's been communing with spirits to see into the future, and he knew ahead of time what I was going to pick. Okay, dear Karen Feeding, we recently held an early birthday party for our toddler. We are quiet people and typically avoid throwing big parties, but my partner is leaving for the next year for work, and we wanted an opportunity to visit with family and friends before their departure. I was blunt on the invitation. No gifts. We have a variety of reasons for this request. Some items are off limits. No toy guns, weapons, loud obnoxious toys raw my nerves. We live in a small home and don't have room for extra things. We don't want our kids to fixate on stuff and we don't want to be the bad guy if a toy falls in these no-go zones. I keep a list of things that my kids will like and share it at the requests of others. I've deposited any flat gifts to my kids' 529 plan for college, note as much in thank you cards, and have let inquiring family members know this is an option. My family is good at respecting this boundary. My partner's Aunt Mia is not. Aunt Mia is the matriarch on my partner's side. 
Aunt Mia arrived at the party and handed my child an unwrapped, loud, obnoxious toy that my kid loves. I could not find the words in the moment and ended up saying nothing when I should have said something. I'm sure it was obvious I'm upset. Aunt Mia told my partner that it's not a gift, it's a toy from her own toy room, which is filled wall to wall with toys. She has complained about the volume of toys she has accumulated for her grandkids. The last time we visited, she told us to take some toys and we both separately gave a firm no, citing our space issue. We took the batteries out of the gift, but I'm irritated. Aunt Mia has a habit of crossing boundaries and others in the family have alluded to this as well. To the extent I can, I want to nip this in the bud before the holidays roll around. For what it's worth, I think it's great to give and receive secondhand toys, but we want veto power before our toddler falls in love with any toy. I have yet to send out thank you cards for those who attended and arrived with flat gifts in hand. What is my script to Aunt Mia here? Is it appropriate to write something out? Do I drop small and clear lines with every family member at some point and hope that they and Aunt Mia shift their gift-giving culture? Do I put a big offensive memo on my Facebook wall? I feel like setting a boundary about just about anything else is less offensive than telling others what toys they can get your kids. My partner avoids conflict. I asked them to say something to Aunt Mia, but they demurred. Is flat gift like an industry term that I don't understand? I think that's like a housewarming gift. Oh, oh, a flat. Are they British? I have to assume so. Yeah, the, I don't know what a flat gift is. This makes no sense. Oh, I think maybe it's a gift in a card because it's flat. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's a little same. Okay, yeah. okay. Flat gifts are like gifts that are in a card. So checks, money, gift cards. Gotcha. What kids love. <laughs> a star named after them. Um, I don't know. My first thought was something like really vindictive where it's like, you let next time that happens, because part of it's also setting boundaries with Aunt Mia, you like have you explain to your kid like, hey, we set rules and we've always taught you to follow the rules. We set rules for Aunt Mia and she did not follow them. And so the consequence is you're going to take that brand new Tonka trunk that she gave you and we're going to throw it in the trash together and we're going to put it in the trash trash compactor. And that's what happens when you don't follow rules. Ooh, you think make it like a fun game to shit on Aunt Mia? Yeah. I like it. I like it. That way he's like kind of mad at her because he doesn't understand the meta of it. <laughs> what do you think was the loud obnoxious toy that she got for him? A drum set? Is that from the picture in the Slate article? It, it's a toddler, so it has to be like something that just makes noise when you hit buttons, right? Yeah, maybe like a singing bear or something that were like you, where you press it and it has like maybe like 10 phrases or whatever, so it gets really old really fast. Do you think it was a leaf blower? The bane of North Cal- Californians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was literally like just one of those old timey monkeys that just claps a symbol in its hand. Uh Well, I had it in my toy room and I have a duplicate, so <laughs> Aunt Mia has a toy room. What sort of whimsical ass Willy Wonk ass house is she living in? Whenever I come by I just stick my arm in and whatever comes out comes out. That's why I brought him this monkey's paw. <laughs> Choose wisely. When I hear the term toy room, my mind just goes to immediately to the top room of Spirited Away where the baby is playing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think before I give advice to her, I do want to state that this person is not following the main rule of gift receiving, which is always be thankful and then just deal with it yourself. Mm. A, B, she is making this Aunt Mia's problem. It's like, just tell Aunt Mia thank you. Like, it's 
you don't have to let your kid have a loud toy if you don't want, but tell Aunt Mia thank you. He's a toddler. He's not going to remember if he plays with it for a day and you just, like, put it somewhere else at night. Like, you have a bit of storage or something that he can't find, or you can throw it away even. Clearly Aunt Mia doesn't really want it. Throw it away. But what about when he's four and he's five and he's seven and then he's 13 and then he's 20 and she keeps doing the same thing? Um, when he's older and he can really remember the toys. Hmm. Yeah, it gets a little tougher then. I mean, how how many how many problems would your answer not be like nip it in the bud? Especially for like family things. I guess because this is a toddler to me, it felt like something you could definitely just toss it out and it's not a big deal. But you're right. If she got something big for like a five year old, that's a little bit harder to deal with. I think in this situation, she's really making a mountain out of a molehill. I don't know. I think this aunt's probably really rich. And the thing that she brought was like a full bouncy castle (laughs) with a live in DJ and it's DJ Marshmallow. (laughs) And she's just like super fabulously wealthy. And she's like, well, I had it in the toy room, but I wasn't using it. Marshmallow was like, feed me, I'm starving. I'll be a never probably anything. <laughs> and he's like, here's that song I produce for Logic every day. Here we go. Next up. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Hmm. Get her an even larger gift. Get her a block of wood that's equal to the size and mass of whatever she gave you every time she got you a gift and give it to her. <laughs> that's a cool art piece. Um, no, I think you should get her a small piglet that she has to walk up a mountain every day adrian watch yourself or i'm gonna have to put that madam the roadie no don't do it don't do it no i want to go to bed tonight happy (laughs) why not just not invite her because she's a matriarch of the family have you ever met a matriarch adrian they can do spells right Yeah, yeah that's true i met many a matriarchs in my in my beehives I don't really know what a matriarch is. Um, I'm Googling it right now, and it says head of a family. I think. Oh, it's the, the maternal head of the family. Yeah. That was a joke, Adrian, but thank you for interrupting me while I was about to deliver the punchline. That's going to make the whole oh, room hey, laugh. Run it back. Run it back. It's going to make the whole room run it back, laugh. Run it back. It's going to get everything. Run it back. Run it back. <laughs> That's the beauty of recording this and then editing it later. Run it back, baby. <laughs> all right. All right. Other ideas. Well, I guess there's no indication that she, like, comes to babysit or anything, but I think it would be a really, like, again, I'm going vindictive, because that's just how I like to do things. I would be like, oh, you can play with this toy, but only whenever Aunt Mia comes to, like, babysit you, mm-hmm. since, like, this is, like, your Aunt Mia toy. Oh. That's your special time to use Honestly, this toy. Honestly, that might, logic might even work on a toddler. But I think one of her problems with storage, which, once again, I think the short-term solution here, simple. Toss the toy, who cares? Aunt Mia's not going to notice. Nobody's going to notice. You're good. Um, Yeah, it's just the toddler. It's just the idea is that as they get older and get more like object permanence and remember that they have the toy, this is going to become a problem. So you got to nip it in the bud. Wait, do we have the... um, So this is written from the husband and it's his wife's relative, not his relative? No, it's... uh. Well, it said partner the whole time, so I don't know the genders involved here, but the person writing it, it is their partner's relative. Okay, yeah, so he, um... They, there is a gender-neutral pronoun you have access to, Adrian. Thank you, I was trying to formulate my question more than <laughs> figure out the pronouns. <laughs> so, wait, yeah, because they, they asked their partner to ask to talk to them directly, and he was like, oh, my partner is just, like, very, uh... Yeah. Demure. Man... Stand up to family. That's a that's like a streamlined thing 
through all of the advice columns that we've done, or at least like 75% of them. Yeah, yeah, the relationship ones, or in-law, anything where it has a family member involved is usually like somebody needs to be standing up to them. Mm. Could you teach your child that Aunt Mia's gifts are all haunted or cursed? Uh, you should have brought in that slate question about the uh, toy that was cursed and haunted. <laughs> and then they, they would never want access to, or they would never want to play with Aunt Mia's toys. Problem solved. You can toss them as soon as she leaves each time. Yeah, that'd probably work long enough for like the kid to understand the real reason or whatever, I guess. You should tell him, because kids are dumb, that all of Aunt Mia's presents are lava and you can't touch them. Aunt Mia is playing like a bit of a like not being observant game with them. So they should just play the game back. They should just re-gift every gift she gives them. They should put it in storage, but they only have to worry about putting it in storage short term because the next time they have any interaction with Aunt Mia, they're getting Aunt Mia a gift. And it's just whatever she gave them. So I like that answer. I think that'll be the first time. So wait, what was your reasoning? Is that she wouldn't remember or? She wouldn't remember or she would be too polite to mention. I feel like she wouldn't. But I will say this is the one time where you've answered the question in a way that we're going to get another question to answer later on, which is, hey, I'm Aunt Mia. My fucking relatives, relatives keep giving me, my, giving me my fucking presents back and acting like it's not a thing. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> they keep re-gifting. They're doing something only a psychopath would do. <laughs> hey, giving bad advice is how uh, advice columnists stay in business, Adrian. Damn, it's a cult. <laughs> you need to keep generating new content. If everyone had well-adjusted lives from their advice, they wouldn't have any advice to give anymore. Mm -hmm. You just broke this case wide open. I think Aunt Mia the matriarch needs to be, uh, cooed might not be the right word, but you might need to, uh, do a little something I call the CIA playbook from the 1960s and get somebody else in power mm. around those parts. The old Washington bullets. Mm -hmm. You know, this is why, and you know, Paul, it pains me to say this and I don't want to say this, but maybe the family should have a patriarch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy isn't remembering to give gifts. Men are too stupid that'll look. Yeah, you think that guy's like, oh, we gotta bring a gift for this stupid toddler? <laughs> He's probably asking the toddler for a cigarette and a beer. Probably. Hey, kiddo. Kiddo, back in my day, I'd already lost a leg and nom. What are you doing? Playing with toys? What are you, a little baby? And eating nom noms? <laughs> in my day, kiddo, I was a garden internment camp. What are you, waiting for your intern and playing uh, a camp? <laughs> that's a bar that's a foxworthy right there this is happening to me the actual advice is as you get the gift you have to go whoa there's no way we're going to be able to keep that here like thank you so much but like you got to take that back like we just don't have space at all hey kid in your age i was fucking hitting up my plug what are you doing plugging your mouth with a pacifier come on <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Again, back in my day, we were dropping Agent Orange on Southeast Asia. Now what, you're playing Clue and you're Mr. Orange, Agent Orange, what's going on? Oh, hey, get it, your age, I was fucking knocking people's teeth loose. What are you doing, getting your own teeth lost? Come on. You got any other advice for uh, how they can, uh, how they can really make this, uh, Aunt Mia back off? 
I don't know. Yeah, it's just classic etiquette advice of like, how do I talk to a family member? So I don't know all the basic bullshit and then maybe add in like a more threatening thing. Um, what's that push a teen line? What's that push a tea line from Diet Coke? Like or the, his newest single, which is like threats that we keep or just promises or something. I don't know. He has like a really hard line. I don't know. You should put that in here right now. <laughs> you play orders, I hedge bets. Promises are when you follow through with your threats. Yeah, I do think that the timing is right. You don't bring this up or do her plan to gossip to the family or leave a Facebook post or bring this up to her in the thank you letter, which is psychotic. Oh, I forgot that was one of the options, which is uh, talking about it to the family. I recently uh, had a conversation with my mom where that she told me that that was successfully the strategy that she used <laughs> was just spreading some gossip around. I would recommend not doing that. That makes you a petty ass. It works. The gossip slash Facebook post is so stupid she didn't make a facebook post but she did gossip all right adrian are we ready for the answer i don't know man is it a crazy one i don't know if i'm ready for this one y'all ready for this dun, 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 dear dun, stop dun, 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 i think dun, 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 a lot of this is aunt mia yanking your chain extremely successfully i might add and the rest is you being unclear and also a touch rude you're putting no gifts on invites but you are open to gifts just quieter gifts and you have a list of appropriate gifts in case someone says, I know you said no gifts, but what if you didn't mean it? And also money. Flat gifts is a new one to me. Is welcomed and it goes in the college account? We need to get you a more consistent message. You also have literally zero power over what people give your kids. You can toss or donate it once they leave, or before, if you want to really get your point across. But there will be an Aunt Mia. No Facebook post will discourage an Aunt Mia. Send Aunt Mia a thank you note for the present unless you manage to thank her in person, which seems unlikely. My takeaway from it so far is that I didn't realize that Mia, like clearly, I, I don't know, I'm going to assume statistically this is a white family. And I like the idea of donating every present that she gives you to like an underprivileged black child and being like, that's where it's going. And Mia being like, you know what? I think I'm going to stop giving you guys presents. <laughs> But the part where she was like, I was visibly upset the whole party, like, Jesus, how can you you side with the question asker here? Your partner needs yeah, to step true. up. Most of us do not enjoy conflict. And email her the list of approved presents you, for some reason, have sitting on ice, since you know she's going to bring something. And if she plays along, problem solved. And if she brings your child a full-size drone that plays immigrant song, I don't know that song. It's oh, someone goes like, ah! That plays immigrant song. It's in a Shrek movie. Right back, and we'll talk about bringing down the hammer of clarity. I know this has also, to... Also, side note for editor Paul, definitely don't keep me in doing the song. I don't do a good impression of it, but you know what it is. Put in the actual song. Okay, cool. I know this has to be a very challenging time for your family, with your partner about to leave for a year, and I think keeping a sense of humor over the Aunt Mia's of the world is harder right now than it usually would be. At least it wasn't a poppy. What was your initial reaction when you thought Immigrant Song was offensive? <laughs> I was just so confused. <laughs> you thought they were playing like one of the uh, Bollywood tracks <laughs> on that drone? Yeah, I thought they were playing like a, a MAGA song that was like, Immigrants, immigrants, coming to take your babies. Immigrants, immigrants, eating all our food, taking all our jobs. Bong, 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 bong. Immigrants, immigrants, just like Adrian. Hey, here comes the rap feature. 
I don't like them refugees. They make me spend all my G's on taxes for undocumented folks. Them's the strokes, but I don't like that. <laughs> I think we did two very different vibes with my chant in your rap. <laughs> No, I think everything has a rap feature nowadays, man. Keep up with the times. <laughs> even like, what would that even be called? I think I was just cribbing uh, the crab people chant from South Park. I was I was going to say, because of the way you do music, it was 50% crab people, but you also kind of had a tinge of the uh, savages, savages from uh, Pocahontas. Oh, oh, yeah. No, you're right. It did. But I, yeah. Yeah. Huh. No, good observation. I agree. Does that mean we have to keep that in? I don't want to do my freestyle on podcast. <laughs> nope, we're keeping it in. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm not going to hear this half before it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to send you this half. <laughs> All right, I have no other things about the answer. I don't know. To be honest, it's like, this is one of those things where if I wasn't getting paid from the Patreon and the ad sponsors to answer this question and a friend, like a close friend gave me this scenario, I'd be like, I don't care, man. <laughs> I would be like, your life sounds really boring. I hope this is like one of those things. <laughs> this is one of those things where you hear it and you're like, Jesus, so never get married and have a kid, right? Like that's the theme of yeah. this question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this sounds horrible. I mean, it's a good life if that's your biggest stressor right now. <laughs> All right, Adrian, are you ready for my third segment? I am, especially because I don't know what, what's coming. All right. So this is a third segment I'm calling Correlation or Causation. Ooh. I have, I have six separate toy crazes from the last century. Okay. I have the toy crazes, and I have the year that toy was released, or the year that it became a fad that you had to buy it. And I'll tell you which one it was. Mm -hmm. And I have from that same year, a crime against humanity that was perpetrated. Mm -hmm. So toy, year of toys release, crime against humanity that was perpetrated that year. Okay. What I'm going to need you to do is for each one, I'm going to name all three. You have to tell me which one is false in that grouping of three. That doesn't truly go with the other two. It wasn't released the same year as the other two. So either the year is wrong and both the things were released on the same year, or a year in the crime against humanity happened that year, but that toy was released a different year, or that toy was released that year and that crime against humanity happened a different year. So it's two truths and a lie, basically. Okay. Is this what you do for your uh, hinge, two truths and a lie? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I have Yu-Gi-Oh cards were released in 1998, uh -huh. the same year that the attacks on Lucashan started the Kosovo War. I was, so when you said Yu-Gi-Oh cards, maybe this is part of my strategy, but I immediately went ahead and guessed what my thought would be on when they came out. And I want to say, my guess immediately was 1999. But I think the show came out in like 1996 or something like that. But maybe it took a couple years for the cards to catch up. But it sounds like the year and the cards are right. And then, but my, I don't know, maybe Kosovo was like, maybe like a decade or two behind that. I know you're reading a book on it right now. So I know you got that like clear in your head. I can see where that came from. Um, hmm. Hold on. Can I can I ask clarifying questions? Mm -hmm. 
Who was president of America at that time? Bill Clinton. How do you not know that? I forgot what year he said already. 1998. 99. 1998. No, 99 oh, was when you said you thought that Yu-Gi-Oh cards. That was your initial reaction. Gotcha. Okay, and who was president of Kosovo right now? <laughs> Dracula, I think. What song was number one? What song was number one on the top 40 charts? <laughs> I'm going to say the year is wrong. I'm sorry, Adrian. It was actually Furby's that came out in 1998. That's not mutually exclusive. You know what? You're right. I don't think I actually made sure. That I just took one and changed it. So let me make sure. By the way, how many of these do you think you're going to get right of the six? One. I'd be lucky to get one. I mean, I think statistically you should, but okay. Uh, the trading card game was launched in 99. In March 2002 in North America. And I think I probably would have... I've been go... I went with the North America releases, releases for everything else. So it would have been 2002. But I was right about 99, though, with my gut feeling. Yeah, good job on that. But sadly, still zero points. feel like that's worth a point in my heart. But not in this game. Okay, okay. Okay. Wait, so it's it's a it's a fad toy a year, and what's the third one? And a crime against humanity. How are you defining crime against humanity? Whatever. Most of these are war crimes, but I I have one other type. So, of but crime. like, but for one of them, are you going to be really catty and do like bell bottom jeans? <laughs> I was thinking about that, and then I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so our minds. Okay, so me, the most of these are war crimes. Yeah. Tickle me, Elmo was released in 1996, okay. the year mm-hmm. of the Rwandan genocide. Mm. Uh, okay, let me think. The last one was that Yu-Gi-Oh cards wasn't right. So statistically, I should go for one of the other two. Oh, these are um, randomly ordered, by the way, just to let you know. I know, I know. I'm just going based on like how, much, how I think you probably put the quiz together more than like the ordering. Um... Uh, the date. Oh, God. Okay. Um, can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah. In what year were the Hutu or Tutsi genocided? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sorry. That is not available information. That's out of bounds. Okay, I, I can tell you what sense. year okay, the movie came sense. out. Okay. Hotel Rwanda, the 2004 drama. 2004. And the year was 1996? Yeah. Tickle me elbow. It's got to be earlier. It's got to be earlier. It's not 1996. It's got to be earlier. I'm sorry. It was the Rwandan genocide did not happen that year. Um, The Rwandan genocide. Hold on. Can I cut cut out the clip of you saying the Rwandan genocide did not happen? (laughs) (laughs) Just for my own purposes? (laughs) The Rwandan genocide happened in 94, 1994. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. The Slinky was released. Say, hey, say no more, fam. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, say less, fam. <laughs> the Slinky was released in 1971. The uh, same year as the start of the uh, Bangladesh genocide. Bangladesh genocide at the hands of um of Pakistan. 
So at the time, Eastern Pakistan. Mm. Slinky, nineteen seventy one. Bangladesh genocide. Um, Slinky, Bangladesh, seventy one. What was I doing in seventy one? Where was I? Mm. It was a good year for me. And so I don't want to say it was a good year internationally. So I'm going to say the year is wrong. I'm sorry, Adrian. It was a toy. It was the eight ball that became popular as a toy in 1971. It had been popular earlier as a paperweight for adults, but became a toy marketed exclusively as a toy in 1971. That's not mutually exclusive with Slinky. It was uh, 1945. I thought that was way too late for the Slinky. God damn it. Wait, wait, wait. The 8-Ball was a paperweight? Some dude just had way too much time to design a paperweight, and he was like, hey, what if it had all this functionality and, like, cool stuff to it? Uh, the 8-Ball was uh, kind of like a desk toy. I guess paperweight might not be the right word. It was like a desk toy. It was, like, marketed to, uh, like, businessmen and professionals. Like, keep it on your desk as a thing to ask it questions mm. and whatever. Paperweight, paperweight, all about my paperweight. The Troll Doll was released in 1963, the same year as the My Lai Massacre. What was the first thing you said? Um, Troll Doll, 1963, My Lai Massacre. I feel like the year is wrong, but the year could also be wrong because Troll Doll matches the year. Wait, hold on. Troll Doll could match the year of the massacre, but also the massacre could... No, I think it's the year. I'm sorry, Adrian. It was actually hundreds of Buddhists killed protesting in southern Vietnam against the DM government in 1963. The My Lai Massacre happened in 1968. Wait, so... Oh, I got the... Okay. The mechanics of this game are hard, and the spirit of the game, I would say, is mostly negative. <laughs> Um, next question, Game Master. (laughs) I want to make it clear to the audience that I did not do any of these massacres. That's sus, bro. That's what you would say. (laughs) Do we have two more or one more? Three more. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Beyblades were released in- You were able to find that many, uh, atrocities in humanity? Man, I was surprised there was that many years. After the Orange Man in Office, I just really didn't think anything else really uh, amounted to that. And we just kind of like brushed everything else aside. Beyblades were released in 2002, the same year we invaded Iraq. Oh, okay, you're doing the American years of when we (laughs) invaded Iraq. And also (laughs) when Beyblades were released. Oh, that does sound right on all accounts. Is this a trick question where they're all just right? Beyblades, 2002, Invasion of Iraq. The year is wrong. Good one. That one actually happened in 2003. Beyblades and the Invasion of oh, Iraq that's interesting. happened in 2003. If you had made me guess, I would have guessed it was earlier. I, I didn't realize it was later. Oh, really? You think right after 9-11 we got our like ducks in a row that fast, September to 
December to invade Iraq. What else are we spending all that money on? I don't know. Like, we went into Afghanistan that quick, but I, I mean, like, Iraq... We Air to, conditioning? We had to come up with the whole, you know, what is it, the axis of evil theory. You know, that takes longer than, <laughs> than uh, September 11th to December of that year, to January 1st. We had to come up with the whole color wheel for... <laughs> <laughs> who's who you're allowed to kill and who you're not allowed to kill <laughs> oh i thought you were saying the color wheel for what danger terrorism is at like orange to orange <laughs> <laughs> at first they were like should we make it like a cooler blue the more dangerous it is and they were like no de- like design wise that doesn't make sense <laughs> but fire gets actually hotter when it's blue and white <laughs> it's uh, yeah technically and that's when it sublimates <laughs> the rubik's cube became a craze not invented but became a craze Mm. in 1962 the year of the last lynching in mobile alabama the lynching of michael donald yo i'm not gonna lie i can't believe we haven't done this before but shout out to uh the inventor of the rubik's cube who left one of our main reviews on our main website (laughs) very cool very cool but no yeah no the last lynching in alabama was maybe like what like 86 95 i don't even know like maybe 2004 to be honest um right it was 1981 yeah i guess not nearly as bad i'm sorry alabamans but yeah that was an obvious one i looked into it and holy shit i mean i mean we we just passed an anti-lynching like bill like today right did we yeah like in america yeah good for us um this one was (laughs) good good for us on the right side of history with this one <laughs> that yeah passing an anti-lynching bill in 2022 is really like those uh what are the like the feel-good stories on reddit that are like a little girl used a lemonade stand to pay for her father's like cancer treatment yeah it's like that sort of shit like yeah good for us i guess yeah michael donald was literally randomly he was literally randomly lynched like the perpetrators didn't even pretend like he they didn't even come up with a fake crime. They literally said we lynched him because Whoa, we just wait. went to find a person to lynch because we just were doing it. They did the Liam Neeson. They didn't even do the thing where they like dressed up their daughter as like a cowgirl and they were like, I said I could see he could sleep in my barn, but the one rule was don't sleep with my daughter. No. And what did he do? Not even like that. They did the straight up Liam Neeson. They went out just looking for a black person to attack. Yeah, that does that happens. Yeah, that does happen. I assume it's one of those things where like there are thresholds you have to pass to make it as a lynching charge. And so I assume that's not even like the last one. That's just the last one that fit all the boxes easily enough to get a charge. Okay, Mr. Potato Head released in 1945. And that happened the same year as... The Soviets liberated the Lodz Ghetto in Germany, where only 877 Jews of the initial population of 164,000 remained. Now, Paul, do you know what a game is? <laughs> you know, like, like the definition of like what a fun game is. Actually, I would say fun's part of the definition of a game, but I don't. I guess Saw, maybe the Saw franchise changed that. But this has Mr. Potato like Head in it. You don't think he's like silly and goofy and funny? No, I mean, I think, I think. If the year is wrong, it's by like a year. It's one or plus. It's plus. It's plus or minus one year. But I'm gonna say that Mr. Potato Head wasn't invented that year. Who who was inventing toys in 1945? I'll tell you who. You are right about that one. It, uh, it was the guy who invented the slinky. I was also shocked. I was like, you can't. How was there mm. a toy craze in 94 in uh, 1945? That seems wrong. It, it kind of seems like one of those things where like. 
when everything's terrible in the world, like it is now, and they're like, well, yeah, I mean, all I do is like, I make stop motion uh, Sonic figures do sexual poses together. But if it makes the world a little bit lighter for one person, then my job's done. Side note, that whole rhetoric, Paul, I don't know how you feel about this, but like if I ever become a teacher, which might be like a thing that I pursue, the whole teacher thing of like, you know, if I improve or like inspire one kid, then it was worth it. And it's like, you got to value yourself, man. Like (laughs) if you inspired one kid, nah, if I inspire one kid and that's all I did, like it was a waste. Like, at least what does that say about what you did to the other kids? Like, uh, (laughs) yeah. How many did you demotivate? How many were inspired from a previous teacher and you sucked that life force out of them? I get the sentiment, but like, yo, the numbers got to be like in the triple digits, like to make it worth it. Do you think they think they're being humble when they say that? They're like, if I inspire one kid, but we know I'm going to inspire way more. (laughs) I don't know, man. I just always like, even as a kid, I found that rhetoric so funny of just being like, hey, you know what? I'm a camp counselor, but if I can inspire one kid to follow Christ, it's like value yourself more man (laughs) i don't know like the even darker version of like somebody who works at a at a shelter being like if i can get one animal adopted you know i've done my job and his boss is literally like if that is what you do that is not where let's that's not worth keeping you around (laughs) sir we are a kill shelter please try to get one more than one animal adopted while you're here (laughs) no one no one who works on commission is like if i can sell one car then my career was worth it. It's like, no, you're going to get fired, dude. <laughs> you know, I I might just be a humble waitress, but if I can upsell one person on the special of the day, then it was worth it. Y'all want to start with some sweet teas? <laughs> I might be a cop, but if I can keep it to just one senseless murder in my entire life, I've done my job. <laughs> <laughs> Suspended with pay. Suspended with pay, of course. Let's not be unreasonable here. Now, I might just be a lowly lion tamer, but if I can tame one lion to do cool tricks at the circus, I'd consider my job done. Now, I might just be a humble philosopher, but if I can declare just one god dead, I think I've done my job. Now, I might just be a humble exploratory cartographer, but if I can find one island that we haven't found yet as humanity... (laughs) I would consider my life complete. Now, I might be an inner-city youth going the wrong direction in life, but if I can give just one teacher the feeling that they succeeded, I've done my job. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to round it out, man. Uh, You want a big facts, no cap? Um, Yeah, yeah, big facts, no cap. Man, Adrian, we've been spending a lot of time talking about toys, but I wish these women would stop toying with my heart. Damn. Um, do you want to expand on that or anything or? No, man. All right. We'll talk about this after the episode. Uh, my no cap is shout out to Erno Rubric. Thank you for leaving that uh, review on our website. And for our other audiences, please check out our website. Uh, Big Facts No Cap is only made due to viewers and listeners like yourself. Bigfactsnocap.com. Uh, thank you so much. To be clear, we, d- we didn't get the .com domain. So .co. Couldn't afford the M. B- <laughs> Uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Make sure to hit that bell. Uh, thank you guys so much. And uh, subscribe to our Patreon if you are able to. Of course, you know we don't want to put anybody out. Bye, Adrian. Bye. Bye.